Welcome to Dyslexics Wanted, celebrating the unique strengths and creativity so often the hallmark of people with dyslexia. Jordan Rich here, and the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia is inviting you to join us in this podcast. If you or someone you care about has a story to tell, we consider featuring it right here on Dyslexics Wanted. Email us at wicd at wicd.org. That's wicd at wicd.org. Today's guest is Steve Wilkins, head of school at the Carroll School in Lincoln, Massachusetts. It's a dynamic, independent day school for elementary and middle school students in grades 1 through 9 who've been diagnosed with specific learning difficulties in reading and writing, such as dyslexia. I've talked with Steve in the past on the podcast, but we're connecting again to find out how the Carroll School, and certainly others involved in education of those with dyslexia, how they're handling remote learning during the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, as we're dealing with a population of children who have language-based learning difficulties, uh, we call it dyslexia, um, they are so clearly at greater risk losing the in-person school experience. And remote presents real challenges for, for kids who are already at risk. So I think, you know, lots of ways uh, the, the COVID crisis is pointing out that vulnerable people in our society are um, really challenged by the, these conditions. And I, I think that applies to young children with learning problems. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so much that goes on at the Carroll School that involves socialization, that involves the tutoring process with other kids. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on when times are normal. You take a lot of that away and there's only so much you can do on virtual. It must be a a challenge. It really must be. I think you make priority decisions about what's truly important for each child. And we have, we have said our remote program has to continue to deliver explicit reading skills instruction to children. And that's reading instruction with human feedback. And so for every decision we've made, we've placed that as number one. And um, we, have, we do not have our children on screen time all day long, mm-hmm. but we make sure that those who are in greatest need have direct skills, instruction, and reading. They still have the other things. They, they do still have homeroom at the beginning of the day, which is um, goofy and fun and, and as social as remote can be. Um, they still have opportunities to do arts and creative things that dyslexic children tend to be really good at. But the core is keep the instruction moving forward. I think rather than just maintaining where they left off before COVID, we have said we're going to move kids forward as fast as they can go and as slowly as each one needs to go. It's not as though you had six months or a year to plan out a curriculum and an approach. That's impressive, to say the least. What role do the parents and the families have? Yeah, we've been going six weeks with remote learning. And we issued diplomas to our parents about three weeks ago that that said that they were professors of homeschooling disciplines. It's a PhD um, (laughs) because they are definitely um, either right there with their kids or in the background. And um, the demands of parents who did not ask for this job um, to be homeschooling experts is, is really extraordinary. So, 
part of a successful formula is building partnerships with parents and listening to parents and, and overtly polling them to find out what's going right and what's not going so well. Mm-hmm. Now, that's been more important than ever. The small classes, the tutorial atmosphere, the fact that kids tutor other kids, is that still going on, Steve? Yeah, the peer tutoring is not going on, but tutoring is. And uh, highly skilled Orton Gillingham trained tutors are still working with children one-on-one to whatever extent possible and, and trying to continue to develop their skills. Steve, how important is it to address the fear factor? Everyone in society is edgy and nervous. Kids are no different. And kids with dyslexia might need a little extra TLC. Right. One feature, this was all invented in less than a week. But if you understand your guiding principles, um, you're, not, you're not creating a school from scratch. You're taking your guiding principles and saying, okay, how do those things work remotely? Support for kids. And support for kids can be uh, psychosocial. Um, it, it can be in speech language areas. It can be in reading areas. It can be an executive function, which is sort of how well are they organized and on top of the tasks in front of them. We have delivered um, support services to kids all over the place. As teachers realize that a child is underperforming, uh, we call in the cavalry. And the cavalry are often um, social workers and speech language pathologists. And, and people who can help kids find a way to succeed with this, this new set of conditions. It's a theme that we often discuss here on the podcast, and that is the impact of learning disabilities, particularly dyslexia, on a person beyond just reading the words, even getting a job. It's, it's so impactful emotionally. So I'm glad you're talking about that, and I'm glad you and other institutions of your kind are addressing that, because this, yeah. this is affecting a lot of people anyway. One example, Jordan, that I love is um, some of our social workers have lunch with groups of kids. So every, everybody gets, and we're using uh, Google Meet, but it's the same as, as Zoom. Um, and everybody gets their lunch, and they get on their, their social network, and they have lunch together um, remotely. And they just talk about things and have fun and, and the social workers trying to get at some of those, uh, how are you doing and um, how, how are you holding up with this pressure? Uh, it's very much a, a clever way of doing a little bit of support of kids uh, when the kids just think they're having lunch together. You talk a lot about the dyslexic advantage in, in your curriculum and also in just general and so many of the kids who are adept at computers, they may not have the reading skills that other kids have, but boy, they know their way around. Have you noticed through this new Zoom explosion and all the technology, you know, some of the kids are really shining, they're really taking to it? Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that um, educators of dyslexics have always said is this is about the, the relationship between the environment and the child's brain. And in some ways, it's the environment that's defective, not the child's brain. So in the remote context, when almost every condition of change has changed, you find some kids who struggled more with the on-campus model and are thriving with the remote model Hmm. um, because it's about the relationship between environment and child. And so that, that dyslexic advantage piece definitely shines through. You see some 
some kids actually their parents are saying they are loving this. I understand, but I, I still think it's fascinating to think that there are, there are kids who can figure things out, and, and we've interviewed many of them. Kids would call them with superpowers, and believe me, I could have used some of them as I'm building my home studio from scratch. I could have used that expertise. Um, just to also on the dyslexic advantage, we, we structured the week so that Fridays are really devoted to the dyslexic advantage. They're devoted to the arts and creativity and STEM projects. And this is April vacation week. We run a public school schedule. Um, so the academics are um, minimal this week. We keep kids reading, but um, they are doing a lot of what we would call dyslexic advantage activities this week. As we look at the calendar during the taping of this podcast, which is late April, still iffy, but unlikely that kids are going to go back to school this particular school season, at least the way we hoped they would. We may not get back to school officially in the traditional sense till September. Does that cause you concern overall? Yeah, what parents of dyslexic children rightly worry about summer regression, that just with a lack of direct teaching, uh, their kids' skills regress over the summer and they come back and get reassessed in September and they're behind where they left off in June. And so when the spring has been a little less than expected and the summer very likely will, will have remote uh, components to it, yeah, it's a big concern. So we, we see lots of parents um, trying to figure out how they're gonna keep their kids' academics going during the summertime. They always worry about it, but it's amplified under these conditions. And even as this remote learning process unfolds, you have to be thinking of enrollment and future classes. A lot of folks are interested in bringing their kids to campus in the fall. What has that process been like, Steve? Just, I just left an, an enrollment discussion to talk with you. Um, we are you know, concerned about whether parents are gonna be able to understand that investing in a Carroll education is still the smartest move they can make next fall. Um, and, and parents are smart and dedicated and want to do the right thing for their kids, but they're very worried that next fall might be a remote model as well. Um, if, if we listen to Dr. Fauci and others, um, it's really unclear what the fall looks like. So um, we, are, we are working hard on enrollment. We're doing very well but I think there's so many uncertainties that, that we, are, we are working hard. Carroll School's number one mantra is give each child what that child most needs. And so in designing remote education, we looked at each one of our 442 students and said, what is it that this child needs? What is it that that child needs? How do we deliver to make sure this student is getting what they most need? And, and that's, that's the design concept behind the way Carol has handled remote education. Well, Steve Wilkins, head of school, I want to thank you so much. And a real shout out to the team of faculty and staff who are working as hard as they can to help the kids. And that's really appreciated. Yeah, you know, I, I, I absolutely should make a statement about that. The, um, the flexibility and goodwill and equanimity of our faculty has been uh, glorious. Um, they didn't ask for this. Um, this is not the contract they, they intended to sign. And they have been spectacular because they are so dedicated to the well-being of each child. 
Steve Wilkins is head of school at the Carroll School in Lincoln, Massachusetts. If you'd like to know more, you can visit carrollschool.org. And for specifics on the handling of the COVID-19 crisis, visit carrollschool.org forward slash coronavirus. Thank you for listening to Dyslexics Wanted. We are seeking personal stories about the dyslexia journey, and we would love to hear from you. If you or someone you care about has a story to tell, we would consider featuring it on the Dyslexics Wanted podcast. Send us your story. Email us at wicd at wicd.org. Again, the email address is wicd at wicd.org. Remember to subscribe, download, rate, and review our podcast, available on all major podcast platforms. And for more, visit WICD.org. That's WICD.org.